today we are in a new world. Uh, for better or worse, things are very different now, and sometimes it's scary, as uh, all change is sometimes scary, but I know that uh, as long as we get through it together, we'll be alright. And the reason why I say that is because Nintendo News Report is now on iTunes. Uh, welcome to the show this week. I'm your host, Alexander Kalafi. Today we are talking about the NES Classic. We are talking about what we've been playing. We are talking about Super Smash Brothers. And I am joined, as always and as usual, by uh, my esteemed co-host, one Donald Terrio. It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah. There we go. Rest in peace, Leonard Cohen. There we go. And uh, I'm also joined by Nintendo World Report site director, Neil Ronahan. Hello, Neil Ronahan. Hi. Uh, it's a cool show this week. It's, we had so much news last week and we had so much news the week before that this is our first really slow week in a long time. And I'm very excited for it because... We have the Nintendo Entertainment System Classic coming out tomorrow in uh, North America, and uh, the Famicom's also coming out tomorrow too. Is that correct? It's a worldwide thing. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's I, I think it's out already. Oh, the time of, zone you know, time thing. Differences. But uh, yeah, I, seeing seeing that out in the wild, um, there's a part of me that really wants to import one of those things. I think it looks adorable. It... <laughs> Very not functional, even more so than the NES Classic because it's like the the controller is attached to the system yeah. and it's like very very wee mm -hmm. um not like a not like a wii u fashion just it's really tiny yeah uh it's around and the famicom is the way cooler looking one but then you have the tethered controllers as neil was just saying the one thing i wanted to add before neil ronahan gets into this is that it does come out tomorrow and if you are interested in purchasing one and have not pre-ordered one Amazon will Which... have them available at 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Now, I have no idea if that means it will be like the PlayStation VR, where it comes on sale and then everyone can buy one, or if it'll be like many Amiibo, and as soon as it goes on sale... Think of, of those two things, which one was put out by Nintendo, am... and bet on that. The Amiibo was well... put out by Nintendo. Do you think the demand will be as high or higher today, not after Black Friday, but today, not after Nintendo puts out their advertisement, but today, as it was at the peak of the Amiibo hype and the hype. Um, I See, I think the difference with this is that Amiibo was to a small sect of Nintendo fans, the hardcore, the us. I think the NES Classic is those people and then some. I think it, I think it hits a way wider target. I think, I think it'll... Go It'll ahead. be on sale longer than this thing was. What about resellers? I know resellers are going to hit this thing too, and probably relatively hard, but yeah. resellers probably made a significant double-digit percentage of Amiibo sales they... at the time, and I don't know oh, if totally. this is going to have that at least today. Like, it might have it in three I, weeks. I think, I think, dude, I expect to see like a shit ton of NES Classic on like eBay tomorrow afternoon. It might be a bubble that bursts really quickly, but there will certainly be a resale market tomorrow, like, right off the bat. I think it's actually, if you kind of want to check eBay right now, because there's probably a bunch of NES classics that people got early that are in, selling for above MSRP. In, in Australia, for what it's worth, they sold out pretty much instantly, and they're not expecting another batch of them until early December. Now, 
North America, that might be different because there's probably going to be more of them, <coughs> and Black Friday is a thing to worry about. Mm. So we're so it may not be as bad. I don't think they're going to sell out right away, but I think by this time tomorrow night, you will not be able to buy an NES Classic directly from Amazon. So it's crazy. Looking on eBay, I mean, most of these are buy it now. There's one that has bids on it, but people have them listed for over a hundred dollars. What's the What's the one with bids? One thirty one fifty. There's eleven bids on it. Our audio listeners aren't going to see this, but mm-hmm. oh, let me see. Hold on, it's I want to see. Let me see. Let me finger. see. Let me see. Oh, oh okay. There you go. It's uh, it, it's, it's that kind of day, I guess. Okay, so Neil has a Nintendo Entertainment System Classic, and I believe you had uh, some stuff to share with us. Yeah, uh, well, first off, you can watch other videos on this channel of me, like, kind of romping through all of the games, sometimes in embarrassing fashion. Um, A longtime reader tweeted at me today saying that him and his children (laughs) were laughing at me dying at Donkey Kong, (laughs) which which made me feel really good. Um, even though at the time I was like, man, I'm really terrible at Donkey Kong. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's videos of me playing through all 30 games. There's also a review up on Nintendo World Report. Um, I think it's really cool. The emulation's fantastic. Uh, the chords are really short, and that's weird. Mm. But I like everything else about it's pretty amazing. I, I really love the little thing. Do we think... It was uh, made as powerful as like a Wii or a 3DS, as some people were saying, for a reason. Or do you think that was just a chip they could mass produce, and it's overpowered for no reason? Okay, it's that. Okay, I don't think there's there is gonna be no add-on stuff with this. I think they just chips are cheaper now than they were when the Wii and the 3DS were made, so it was probably easy to just get a powerful chip. Yeah, to throw these 30 games on it. Yeah, it's it's like how do you. Like, what can you get for a bucket system, basically? Mm-hmm. Okay. And are you... But, yeah, so okay, I, go ahead. I for, for this here episode of Nintendo News Report, I went through the list of 30 games, and I ranked them from 1 to 30. I have my list up, too, so I can play along. Uh, and actually, no, you'll have it with you. I don't need to paste it into the chat, necessarily. Okay. But uh, I'm I'm ready. Yeah, start. So, are you gonna start from the bottom up or up down? I'm gonna start from the bottom. How about I'll do them in like chunks of five? Does that does that work? Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll get a top five. All right. Very quickly too. Okay. Um. All right. So so my bottom five, starting with number thirty. Number thirty is Pac-Man because I think that's a really bad port. Mm-hmm. Uh, number twenty nine is Mario Brothers because I think that's also not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, twenty eight is Donkey Kong. I don't really like the port of Donkey Kong in the NES. I much prefer the arcade version. Uh, 27 is Ghosts and Goblins, because that game sucks. Uh, 26 is Galaga, because I don't think that version of Galaga is Can I comment on the, uh, the Ghosts and Goblins? Ghosts and Goblins is one of those NES games that I think people remember fondly because it's hard, and because there's a certain nostalgia they attach with that. I don't know if people remember it because it's actually good, or maybe it was good back then, but it's not now. The reason why I'm saying that is because I played Rare Replay this year, and I'm not going to defend this opinion passionately. I would buckle down very quickly, but I don't think Battletoads is a good game. Oh no, Battletoads isn't a good okay, game. Okay, that, that's, that's an agreed upon thing. <laughs> I was playing that, I and I was like, I, oh, this I is think, one of the cult I think classics. visually, visually, 
Battletoads is is incredible on the NES. Yes. Like, I think the music's great. I think the animation's fantastic. The first minute um, is so promising and so level, fun. That first level's real good. Uh, everything else about that game is kind of... It's it just... it's nostal- I have a lot of nostalgia for Battletoads, but I think it's a crappy game. I think the arcade game on Rare Replay is really good. Right. It's... it's yeah. I had... I had a lot of fun playing that on Rare Replay. That was the first time I ever played I'm it. I'm not going to be the guy who calls the game garbage just because I played it and didn't like it once, and now everything below a 7 is garbage. But what I will say is that there's a way to do challenge, and I'm not saying it's possible to make a game that's too hard, but it is possible to make a game that's unfairly punishing, and I think Battletoads falls into that camp. It's fun, and then like it, it's like it's the fun starts up here, and then it progressively gets lower consistently through the rest of the game. And by the time you're like riding the waves and stuff, right after the uh, right after the speed bike level, which I think still had some fun stuff to it, the game is just not enjoyable anymore. Especially because you've yeah. already lost all your lives. Yep. Um, but I think Ghosts and Goblins is is. is but it's bad. a similar kind of bad, right? I I but I think Super Golden Ghosts is actually good. Okay. Um, unlike your and, form, and unlike play, your predecessor who said that game can go f itself. Well, actually, I was. You go back and listen to that episode of Radio Free Nintendo. That is the the retroactive on Super Ghouls and Ghosts. I'm on one of those episodes, <laughs> and I did not like it then. I appreciated it later. I think, I think that was that was probably like in a spring or something that summer. I sat down and I I, I sat down with a friend of mine, and throughout the summer, it was a you know college summer. Uh, we slowly played through Super Ghouls and Ghosts on Virtual Console, and you know, beating it twice and everything. And I learned to appreciate that game. I think it's ridiculously hard, but I think that there's kind of like there's there's like the the way the jumping is is it's weird, but as you kind of settle into it, I think that there's like a really fun precision and nuance to Super Ghouls and Ghosts that is not present in Ghosts and Goblins at all. Mm. Well, and the NES version of Ghosts and Goblins is a pretty bad port as well. It's yeah. If you I, I don't have any, I don't have any experience with the arcade version. So I yeah, but if you that. if you've heard of the company Micronics, that's who Capcom hired to make that port, and uh, they never really were good. Mm. And somebody's got the cops coming. Oh, that's for some me. Reason. They're coming for me. It's okay. uh, don't be surprised. Is, is that because of the legal weed in Massachusetts now? Well, <laughs> is, is, is there May? Yeah, I, I started puffing up a month early. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, so I'll go. I'll go to my next five. Mm-hmm. Um, number twenty-five, Castlevania Two, Simon's Quest. Number twenty-four, Donkey Kong Junior. Number twenty-three, Gradius. Number 22, Excite Bike. Number 21, Castlevania. I'm very surprised I haven't seen Final Fantasy yet. Which is not to spoil where it is on your list, because I have no idea. <laughs> but based on what I was seeing of Final Fantasy on Giant Bomb, and based on what I've played of the original Final Fantasy, that comes across to me like a game that would age spectacularly poorly. But I will wait until you bring it up on your list before bringing it up. Okay. I was just surprised yeah, it say- wasn't lower. I, I, I really don't like Castlevania 2. That might be a game that like I should give more time to at some point in my life, but I just I, I don't want Maybe to. Maybe you shouldn't, though, because there are a lot yeah, of great no, no, games. Right. And, I, and I also think that Castlevania 1, like I like Super Castlevania 4 a lot. Mm-hmm. I think Castlevania 1 has aged very poorly. Uh, Excitebike is charming for like two minutes. Yeah. Uh, Gradius is a... I, I like that a little bit more than Galaga. And Donkey Kong Jr. I like more than Donkey Kong on the NES. Sure. 
And at least with this, the save states on the NES Classic, you can actually sort of save your Excite Bike uh, creative yeah. courses now. Yeah, that's it. Like I, I, I like, I like the feel of Excite Bike a lot. It's just that I don't think that that's. It's like it feels like a tech demo for did the game. Did Excite Bike end up at where? Which number did it have again? Twenty-two. I it's it's one that I would never argue with you on because I understand how limited of a game Excite Bike is, but for an NES game. And for a game that's attempting the genre it is at launch, there is something extremely impressive about how good that game feels to play. When you're doing well. It feels <laughs> really good to go off one of those thin jumps and go really high oh, yeah. and then hit a speed bump. And I would actually say the 3D Classics version of Excite Bike. Oh, I forgot that that was a thing. Ended up... Really impressing me. I The reason why I remember it was a thing is because I dropped like six hours into it. And the one thing I remember about the 3D Classics is its theme song, which is like... Dun, 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 you remember that. Yep. It, that's the best part of all 3D Classics. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, 16 to 20? Yeah. Number 20 is Dr. Mario. Uh, that's... Holy shit, is that... That that feel weird playing that game on NES. Mm. Uh, number nineteen is Kid Icarus. Number eighteen is Metroid. Number seventeen is Final Fantasy. Number sixteen is Balloon Fight. Okay, I actually want to talk about most of those games, but let's talk about Final Fantasy first because that was the one I brought up. Did Final Fantasy it's... age better, or is there a nostalgia you have attached to it? Uh, no, it hasn't. It hasn't aged better at all. But I, I do think that the original Final Fantasy is a good game. I just think that it's 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 a very dated game. If I were to ever replay Final Fantasy, it would be on the Game Boy Advance version. Okay, which yeah. I think is I think is really well done. Square Enix has remade that game so many times that it's not surprising that going back to the original NES version would it would be really kludgy. Like I kind of I almost deliberately put Final Fantasy, Metroid, and Kid Icarus right in a row because I think that all three of those games further time are incredible mm -hmm. but i it, there are versions of each of those games that i would rather play now than the original nes versions like zero mission is is a damn near perfect game to me i don't need to replay the original metroid i can replay zero mission kid icarus the 3d classics version of kid icarus is like so farly superior than kid icarus i'd actually say out of those three kid icarus is the one i like the least but i think that the nes version has held up the best mm -hmm. Kid Icarus is a mechanically excellent game, but I think its big flaw, and I don't know if this is a product of the time it was released in, is that the game ramps up the difficulty too quickly without letting you get acclimated to the controls. Like, like I think within, what, a minute or two, there, you're already getting assaulted by enemies from every single direction, and not in a, a good way? There's an inverse difficulty with that game, and that when you get to the end, it's super easy, but that beginning's so damn hard. I remember it's the final boss is Medusa, right? Sorry, spoilers. Yeah. Um, but the final boss is Medusa, and I think the thing about that boss is that that's one of those NES bosses where if you move in the right loop, you can just shoot her constantly and never get caught. Yeah, like that. That last level is so empowering and wonderful, but to get to that point, such a pain in the yeah. ass. Unless you use a password. Yeah. Which I highly recommend if you've never seen that. Uh, we're getting closer to the top five, and none of my five games have been called yet unless I miss them. So let, let's, let's see what you got for your next five. All right. So so fi 15 to 11, Double Dragon 2, mm -hmm. which 
playing that like I think I I might have played that when I was younger. I don't remember, but playing that game was pretty fun. It's like a it's a goofy beat em up. Mm. Uh, Zelda Two, um, which I think playing that with save states makes it a much better game. Yes. Number thirteen, Ice Climber. Ice Climber is my dark horse. I think Ice Climber is really great, except for the jump physics suck. And I think I'm going to do a full playthrough of Ice Climber and record it for for the YouTube channel. You're right that the jump physics of Ice Climber suck. But everything else about that game is so cool. What? Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's you're creating your own platforms. Like it's a platformer where you're going up and what you do creates the platform that you can jump off of. So like you could be reckless and you it makes the game harder, or you could be really deliberate with what you're chiseling away and then make it so you have a lot more real estate to play with. Like I, I think it's a really fascinating like style to do a platformer, and I, I don't know if there are other games like it out there. I kind of wish like I, I want my I want my Sakurai Ice Climber game. Mm. What I will say about the jumping physics of Ice Climber, which is supporting your Dark Horse pick, is that even though the jump physics suck really bad, when you land a really hard jump in that game, nothing feels better. I, I'll agree to that. Like, it's it's kind of like it's a dumb thing that you have to learn. And that's, I mean, going back to, like, Excite Bike being really impressive as, like, an NES launch game, uh, Ice Climber is a is a pre Super Mario Brothers game, mm. and I don't really think anyone really got jumping right until Nintendo came out with Super Mario Brothers. Right. Because like that's what bothers me about Mario Brothers and and the Donkey Kong games a lot is I think jumping in those games feels sure weird as well. Sure. Uh, number twelve is Super C. Uh, honestly, I mean everybody complains that like Contra is never in these, but I grew up Super C was the Contra game that I played as a kid. So, I, I love Super C. I think it's great. Sure. Uh, really hard. Um, that's what Contra games are. They're really hard. To yeah. N- number 11 is Tecmo Bowl. Tecmo Bowl is still really good. Mm. I, I kind of wish it was Tecmo Super Bowl, but I also understand why they have to go to the original with all the licensed stuff that was in yeah. Super Bowl. And EA would never allow a licensed game out in 2016. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Tecmo Super Bowl is the better game, but I think that Tecmo Bowl, for that nostalgic kick, Tecmo Bowl is a higher concentrated version of that. And Bo Jackson's still evil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my team in Tecmo Bowl, for some reason, was always the Chicago Bears, which is like child logic of the Packers weren't in the game, so I'll go with the team that's close to them, because I was like four and an idiot and didn't realize what rivalries were. Mm. Um. And also playing as Walter Payton in that game is really yeah. fun. Um, yeah, so that's that's that five. Okay. Um, should I just? Keep yeah, going? you can go with that. That's like that's like the least exciting five because like I knew all those yeah. were gonna end up not in the top five, but also yeah. not that they're all where they belong. All right, we'll we'll do we'll do the top ten one at a time and discuss as we okay. go. So number ten, Bubble Bobble. Really? <laughs> Bubble Bubble Bobble's okay. awesome. Um, but. I think that there are nine better games on the NES Classic. Uh, playing, I think co-op Bubble Bobble is is probably one of the best multiplayer experiences in the entire NES Classic. So it's the brothers of the NES Classic. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Barely. Yeah, yeah. There are there are nine. I can, I can name nine other games better than yeah. Bubble Bobble. No, it's it's not. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So Star Tropics is at number nine. Uh, I love Star Tropics. I just like Bubble Bobble and Star Tropics are both games that I really like. I just think that there are eight or nine games better than them on the NES. I Classic. do want to say about Star Tropics. I was watching the Giant Bomb Quick Look of Star Tropics, 
and I had never seen the game before. I just knew it was one of those Nintendo games that not a lot of people talk about, and it's just in that place in history. And it's one of those old RPGs that sends you right into a town immediately, and the dialogue slow, and I'm sure it's a fun game, but it just presented really poorly to me as someone who had never seen the game before. Yeah. Read the instruction manual okay. first. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the era that it's They're all included on like, there, right? That, that's a thing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you have to use a QR code to go to a website. You can all, you can look at them all now, mm. right online. Okay. Um, but, uh, like, Star Tropics for me is definitely a nostalgic pick. Because uh, I, I got that game actually new in box in, like, 1996. Yeah. Which, which seems wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, that happened. Um, and I really like that game. I think it's super charming. Uh, I did, when I, you can watch in the video... I went to that first town and it was just very unintuitive as to how to go, how, how to, like, it was just like, oh, go to the underground. And I just tried to go there and there was a dude blocking it. And then, like, I went to another screen and came back and he was yeah. gone. And, like, I don't really know why that happened, but it did. Uh, but I, I really, I mean, it's, it's like Western Zelda. That's, that's kind of what I'm, what I dub it as. And it's a weird game and I, I like how weird it is. Aren't old JRPGs so incredible to, like, marvel at? It's not a JRPG. Well, I, it's just okay, Zelda. But it's, it's not even closer to RPG? Because the way it looked to me, no, really? There's no, there's no leveling up. Re it's, it's like, there's legit Zelda dungeons. And, like, I guess, like, the overworld is, is a different presentation than Zelda. But, like, the, you know, like the, there are dungeons that are just straight up, like, you could have repurposed that and it could have fit into a Zelda sure. game. It's probably. like Zelda 2 overworld with Zelda 1 dungeons. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. And like there's chapters and stuff. Like it's it's really it's really weird. It's a weird I guess game. that's semi that semi ties into what I was saying. I guess what I was saying more applies to Final Fantasy. But I guess it is impressive to see some of these uh RPG light 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 lights, if it's Zelda like, I guess. That that <laughs> are were made on the NES the same system as Ice Climber and as Excite Bike. These games that are many hours long, at a minimum 10 hours like Zelda, but at a maximum, what, 20 plus hours in Final Fantasy, and yeah. like this is not an incomparable length? And, and Star Tropics comes from like the Takeda team, it never came out in Japan. Yeah. Um, and Star Tropics 2 is like so batshit insane. I, I, like, so, so in Star Tropics 2, the conceit of it is that, like, you're going through time, mm -hmm. but, like, one of the places that you go through time is, like, you team up with Sherlock Holmes. Mm. <laughs> and he's a fictional character. <laughs> like, it's just, it's played straight. Like, and then, like, Cleopatra's really into pizza, because why not? Like, it's so dumb, but I, I really, I love would, those games. But would you eight, call it is... the spiritual predecessor to Codename Steam? No. Excellent. <laughs> that that, that uh, plays to that advantage. Num number eight, The Legend of Zelda. Okay. I think The, the Legend of Zelda is like way more of a metal game than I remember. Uh, it's been a while since I played it, and I, that's actually probably one of the ones that I put the most time into. Because mm -hmm. uh, I just started bombing around the overworld trying to like find secrets and stuff. Um, and it's it's really hard. I died a lot. Yeah. Like that game, that game does not pull any punches at all. I'm actually surprised it's as low on your list as it is. Uh, I think that game holds up way better than a lot of people think it does. And especially if you give it time. And I think save states work to that game's advantage if you haven't played yeah. it much in the past. But the combat is still really damn fun. And I won't say it's the best Zelda. I won't even say it's the third best Zelda. 
But if you told me it was the number 10 or like number 9 best Zelda game, you can make a very strong case for that. I think it's still a great game in 2016. It's not the best game, but it's, it's it holds up better than a lot it's, of it's these games. It's rough around the edges. It's rough around the edges in a way... Like, I feel like there's a comparison to be made with the original Legend of Zelda with, like, Super Mario 64. Mm -hmm. Although I think I think Super Mario 64 is way more of, like, a it-holds-up masterpiece. But, like, it has some things that it doesn't nail as well that are just, like, it's because it was made in 1986. Mm -hmm. But it does so many things that... they It does so many things so right that no one else was even close to doing for, like, a decade. Yeah. Like the, like the saving, which is... <laughs> Yeah. One of the most revolutionary things in that entire game. And like and really I like I I just had fun kind of getting lost in that mm. world when I was playing it. Like I remembered where the first dungeon was and I was just like, I'm gonna go everywhere but that spot and just see what happens. Yeah. And that was a great time. Like that that game's fantastic. Right. Well, what do you got next? Number seven, mm. Ninja Gaiden. I love Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden's amazing. It's hard as shit. I don't care. It's a, it's amazing. It's a beautiful game. The music's great, the story's dumb. Word. Word. Yeah. 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 Um, and actually, Ninja Gaiden, the thing that I was like, throwing around with that is that the, the dude who, uh, who like, did the story for that uh, also did the story for Chrono Trigger. Mm. Which is, I don't know. I, I, I find that. Well, cool, it's, kind of... it's one of the early games with actual substantial story cutscenes. Yes. Which yep. is which is kind of its thing in a lot of ways. Outside of its action. Like, it is, it is a more of a game beyond yeah. that. But that is kind of its thing, too. And I think that there's a very good rhythm with the action in that game. And that was that was a game that I spent a lot of time with as a kid, and like would just get lost in that mm -hmm. game, and and play it for hours upon hours, no matter how stupid hard it gets near the end and how frustrating it gets. And like I I really I think the music in that game is is so so mm -hmm. good. Number six is Super Mario Brothers Two. Okay, yeah, Ooh. that's about where that belongs. Like, I could definitely... I That's one of those games that putting that there, I could hear an argument... Like, I could have made an argument for, like, putting that higher. But I think just as far as, like, from a from a replayability perspective, I think it's it's just out of the top five for me. Like, I think it's... I think it's... That, like, that game's fantastic. Mm. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think that game... Because they sold it as a Mario game in the U.S., people look at it more harshly in some contexts than I think it deserves. But I would say it's a better video game than the original Super Mario Brothers to me. Especially jumping-wise. Like, the jumping feels way better in Super Mario 2, even though it's a different game. I, and I might even I think say... I, I think I disagree on that. I think the jumping in Super Mario Brothers is so good. I would also say it might be a slightly better game than Mario Brothers. Which is, I actually think, one of the best games in this collection, as I will briefly get to after you say your stuff. Alright, number five, Kirby's Adventure. Interesting. Um, this was, uh, and you know what, I'll say my number four as well, because it really, I, I, this was one of the things that I kind of struggled with, uh, Kirby's Adventure and Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers is number four. Mm -hmm. Um, it just, when I was kind of comparing the two head to head, and I, I like replaying Super Mario Brothers more than I like replaying Kirby's Adventure. Yeah. And that's, that's as much as it was. And I think Kirby's Adventure, especially on the NES, like that is an absolutely gorgeous NES game. Um, and I, I think it's, it's like, it's very modern. There's a lot to do. Uh, all the power-ups are great. Um, the quick draw game is so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I think that, I think that what it comes down to is it's, 
Sakurai's biggest weakness as a developer, and maybe maybe for the most part, a lot of the Kirby games' weakness is that the platforming and stuff is really uninteresting. Okay. And I think that Kirby's Adventure bears bears that weight. Um, not as much as some other Kirby games that I think that the platforming is uninteresting in, but it's definitely like you could, in theory, for a lot of that game, just like inflate yourself and go over all the action. Sakurai's mm-hmm. always been, in a lot of ways, a better moment-to-moment action designer than he is a platformer designer. Because I think back to all the platformers he's ever had a hand in. Not counting the, the platforming in, like, the Smash Bros. like games other than Brawl, because that, that's its own combat minute-to-minute thing. But when I think yeah. of all the platformers he's directly had a hand in, the platforming itself and going through the levels, to me, has always been the weakest part. Thinking of Subspace yep. Emissary thinking of Kirby's Adventure, thinking of the other Kirby games that he had a part in, I think the action in Kirby is way better than the actual moment-to-moment platforming, especially in the early ones. Yeah, I mean, even Superstar, which Superstar, I think, is is incredible, but, like, some of the highlights of that are, like, the, the one... Oh, God, I, I'm blanking on the name of the specific game, but the one that's, like, there's just, like, all the all the bad guys, like, narrating what's going on as Kirby attacks, and, like, if you took away all the bad guys talking to each other, like that's kind of boring. But it's it's like it's such a good action set piece. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. So yeah. So um, you know, I'll just I'll just roll. Okay, you know what? What's your four and five? My four and five were Mario Bros. Because I think that game still holds up. Actually, that's not a fair comment at all. You mean? Do, wait, wait. Do you mean? I don't. Super Mario Bros. is not on my top five. I mean specifically old ass Mario Bros. Wow. The thing is, it's been the longest time since I played that, so I could totally be off base. I'm thinking of memories I have with that game that are over ten <laughs> years old when I put that there. So I, I admit the fact. That I've played Mar- Super Mario Bros. more recently, which means my nostalgia goggles are far more off for that. So that 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 pick is just, I remember enjoying Mario Bros. I've played Super Mario Bros. more recently and have played so many better platformers directly uh, that owe their existence to Super Mario Bros. So quality-wise, I remember that in a slightly poorer light. Mario 2 was exactly all the stuff I said before. I think it's a better game than a lot of people remember it. I think it's a complicated game, too, but not in a bad way. Like, it's a complex game in a way that... It's such a weird There's a lot of stuff to keep track of. There's different platforms. Every boss is different, which I think is one of my favorite things in a good Nintendo platformer. Because so many Nintendo platformers now have the exact same boss that they're at the end of each world in every single game. Yeah. So my number three is Punch-Out. Yeah, that makes Punch Out is Punch Out is so good in like every conceivable way. Like, there's not a lot of game there, but the game that's there is so goddamn good. Like, just the rush of figuring out the tell of a boxer, the rush of like laying, like just decimating Don Flamenco and like surviving a bald bull charge. Like, oh, everything about that game, I adore. I am currently moving Punch-Out from my, uh, from not in the list to number four and pushing Mario Bros. slowly out. (laughs) Uh, Neil, how does that play on the, on an HDTV, though? It was totally fine. Okay. I I had no issues. So, yeah, because I know people have mentioned in the past having trouble playing Punch-Out in games like it on a, uh, on a system that, or on a laggy system like that. I, I, no issues with that at all. Uh, You get good, in other words. Yeah. 
my number three was Zelda 1, which is for the, the yeah. same reasons I said. I think Zelda 1's an excellent game, and I did play that. I played that for the first time in the last three or four years, and I, I had a really good time. I think <laughs> parts of it are kind of obtuse in the way that's forgivable in Zelda 1, but not forgivable in Paper Mario Sticker Star, if I'm allowed to make yeah. that comparison very yeah, briefly. Yeah, no, that's what, um, I know, I think I haven't completed Zelda 1 in maybe close to 20 years. Yeah. Like, I played it, I, I got into it, like, after I, I guess less than 20 years, because it was after I played Ocarina of Time. Ocarina <laughs> of Time was kind of my, my gateway drug into getting more, wanting to go back and replay the older Zelda mm-hmm. games. Um, it was probably like 99, 2000 when I played through Zelda yeah. 1. Um, I, and I don't think I've played through it all the way since then. Is this the, is this the part where I confess I've never played more than 20 minutes of Zelda 1? That, that's fair. Change that. I think you should do it, but I think you should do it with save states and an FAQ next to you at all times. Get through it in I have like a, five hours and just... just... I ha- <laughs> I've got the ambassador version, so that's... Oh, yeah, go for it. And and yet I managed I did, to. Beat... I did. I actually I played like three or four dungeons into it when we got the ambassador version. Yeah. Yeah. And yet I managed to beat Zelda two without the save state. So what the wow. hell does that mean? Uh, I can also say that uh, I know which games Neil hasn't said yet, and I know which games oh, yeah. I haven't said yet. So all that matters is uh, the order. which M game so, is right, number right. one. How about how about you guess mine and I'll guess yours. You know mine because I've said it on a past show. Number one is Mega Man 2 for you. Right. I'm going to guess it's the same thing for you, and I'm going to be wrong. Nope. Su- Super Mario Brothers 3. Before you say Super Mario... Before you say why what you like so much about Super Mario Brothers 3, <laughs> there's something I want to say about playing a lot of old NES games and then playing a lot of games made in 2016, is that in 2016, because I play so many video games, whenever I play a game like Metal Gear Solid Five, that I love the absolute shit out of, but I notice this thing's missing, this thing's missing, this thing isn't as great as it could be, I think. Why yeah. are games in 2016 so bad? But then you play a lot of games from the NES game days, and all a lot of the games we love look like they were shipped half-finished by, like, 2016 <laughs> standards. So it's like it's like because we play games today and we hold it to a super high standard, we look at games so critically... Thinking that the the days of yesteryear were so much better, but then you play all these games and you realize that games are this rushed form of art that's beautiful and takes a long time to complete. And it's usually some stuff comes out fucked up, but it's still beautiful anyways. That's the way it's always been, that's the way it is now, and that's probably the way it's always going to be. And the reason why I'm saying that now is because there is no place this is more apparent than Super Mario Bros. 3 lack of, lack of a save system. But but that uh, this is for the NES Classic. I know, but I'm also thinking about the <laughs> NES version of Super Mario Brothers Three. <laughs> I, I I'll be honest. I rank these games in and thinking of them. I know, the but NES also Classic. you know what I'm saying too about how yeah. there was this. It's this almost perfect game, in the same way Metal Gear Solid Five was an almost perfect game to me. But there's this one thing, Chapter Three in Metal Gear Solid Five, and then you also got the save system in Super Mario Three. And if it had that one what, thing, it might be a perfect game. What made that not much of an issue for me is that I played a lot of that on Super Nintendo. Where there yeah. was saving. I played a lot of Mario Brothers 3 on Super Mario All-Stars on Super Nintendo. 
and that, that's not um, that's not a slight against it, but you know what I'm saying that games that like yeah. the way we critically look at missing stuff and flawed stuff in games today, we look at it in this very limited scope. <laughs> Without like recognizing that the games of twenty five years ago but that we hold in reverence were a lot, in a lot the same way, and when they weren't, it's because of how much simpler the games were. I mean, for me, with Super Mario Brothers three not having a save state, I think that's very excusable and forgivable. Now, uh, it did. It, yes, it did. I, I think it was when it was eighty eight in Japan. Mm-hmm. It was yep. ninety in the in the U S. But I mean, thinking about it as a, as a game made from nineteen eighty eight, like saving wasn't really the standard. I guess maybe it's 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 lost that there's no password. That there's nothing. Like that. But as far as having a battery backup, like I can understand why that wouldn't happen. Um, I mean, like yeah, I guess like in retrospect, yeah, that having a password system would probably be better. But even still, comparing it to games that had password systems then, right? Um, uh, Nintendo games specifically. I know Mega Man Two has a password <laughs> system. That's uh, um, that's why it's that number one on my list. Is, that that password system is fucking asinine and might as well not exist in my Never opinion. Mind. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, like, uh, Kid Icarus and Metroid, like, those are much longer games, and I guess, like, more exploratory games mm-hmm. than yeah. Super Mario Brothers 3, whereas Super Mario Brothers 3 is still very linear. Yeah. Like, you're progressing forward, but, yeah, like, no, I, I definitely see that point, but it just, it doesn't, thinking of it in context of 8890 doesn't bother me Here's at all. what I'd be curious to see, just in some imagination, fantasy, time travel, warp world. Where think about everything we know about games and the perspective we have about video games right now and a world where uh, podcasts are a thing. Imagine the podcast where we have an open debate about the save state in Super Mario 3 and how crucial it is to enjoyment of the game as if that game was just coming out today. Not with the same save standards, like, it's like, it still came out at the same time, surrounded by the exact same games. Just imagine the modern podcast debate we would be having about that as if it was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, okay. I got you. I, I just, it, I, that would be an it, interesting conversation. Some Somebody would be saying, you know, 0 out of 10, literally unplayable. Yeah. Uh, Mega Man 10, Mega Man 2 is an excellent platformer, and I'm saying that as someone who beat the game this year for the first time it's definitely the best Mega Man game I I might see the world where someone makes a case for one but I'd be the only one who would probably see that oh Jesus no I think I think three and two are, are kind yeah because you prefer three in me. your own way sometimes depends on the day I, it feels I, like I mean for me I think two is more more of a what the fuck dog <laughs> uh, she just took out my yeah. bike um but uh uh no, I mean for me I think two's more classic, mm-hmm. but three I, I I feel like is a better game yeah. whenever I play it. Okay, but I think I think that that's a fine game. It's some of the best platforming on the NES, a system with a lot of legendary platformers that still hold up today. The NES yeah. Mega Man's I would still argue are the best Mega Man's of the one I played. I could see a case for X, but I still think the best on the NES is still better. Uh. Mega Man 2 has the best bosses, it has the most memorable levels, I think, and it's probably the game I would play the most of if it was on this collection. But that's the NES Classic. Someone someone in the chat, Cherry Goblin, asked, what are Neil's thoughts on Kirby's Return to Dreamland? Um, I didn't actually like Kirby's Return to Dreamland at all. Which is weird, because, like, I adored Triple Deluxe and Planet Robobo, uh-huh. and, like, those are kind of, like, the direct sequels, like, uh, like 
same team making Kirby games. For some reason, Robobo and uh, and Triple Deluxe are like two of my favorite 3DS games. Whereas Return to Dreamland, I played through and just didn't really enjoy it at all. I you... I chalked that up a lot to I never played it with multiplayer, which that game is probably more designed mm-hmm. for. And but, you also yeah. you also really loved Epic Yarn, which was a really nice contrast to what Return to Dreamland was going for. Yeah. Yeah. Pierre Ortiz says, I am waiting with a lot of people right now at Nintendo New York for the NES Classic launch event. It's pretty rad right here. 80s music and a lot of cool stuff. I'm only slightly surprised that people are lining up uh, in substantial numbers. It's going to be real hard to find. Like, Yeah, I guess in my imagination this would be something that would be so widely mass produced that it would basically be like Star Wars stuff and Target, where it would be so easy to find. But I guess they're producing it the same way they produce everything else, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I guess I'm just slightly surprised by it. They didn't uh, mass produce it in the same way a different company than Nintendo would mass produce things. Um, but that's the NES Classic. That, that's 40 minutes of Nintendo Entertainment System Classic <laughs> discussion, which I had a feeling was going to happen. I don't mind. It was a fine discussion. It did not drag, but 40 minutes of Nintendo Entertainment System Classic. Which means we move on to what we've been playing. Neil, that is the one thing you've been playing that you can talk about. But me and Neil will have something extraordinarily exciting to talk about next week. Stay Stay tuned. tuned. November 15th, the night of. We'll we'll be doing something. For for a certain video game that might be coming out around November 15th. (laughs) So so, so we'll look forward to that. Uh, But what we've been playing. Neil's been playing that. Donald's been playing some stuff that we're going to talk about in a minute, but I just want to go through some non-Nintendo stuff I've been talking about. It'll be shot, 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 shot. Butcher on PC. Butcher is the new Doom game that came out on consoles, the super crazy 1990s PC game, except they made a 2D version of it. So what it feels like is a 2D platformer version of Hotline Miami. It is excellent, it is hard as hell, and if you played the new Doom game... Uh, you should play Butcher because that's the 2D retro-y indie version of it. And if you didn't play Doom in 2016, you should play Doom because that is the best shooter of 2016. And some might say the best game released in 2016 so far. Uh, Atari Flashback Volume 1 and Volume 2. On PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, they released two $20 packages of Atari 2600 games and some arcade games. 50 games each for 20 bucks each. Uh, basically the Genesis collection, but instead of good games, it's Atari 2600 games. And uh, actually, no, that's, that's not fair, because Atari 2600 games were very good in their own time. It's just that absolutely zero of them have aged well. And because there are under 50 total games that are even recommendable on the Atari 2600, you have a lot of silly inclusions, like basic math, where you have to add 5 plus 7 to equal 12, and then there's a little jingle, and then you go on to the next number, and there are 10 programmed problems, and then you can also do random problems, and there's no visuals, just basic math, and then there's Hangman, and then there's games where there's just a ball on a screen that you have to move around, and you're not sure what's going on because it's an Atari 2600. So it's an excellent collection of a lot of games that are very hard to recommend in 2016, The one thing that is super cool about those collections is that it has all the original manuals. 
uh, in those collections, which means you get to see you get to read the manual for basic math, where they stretch the concept of just adding two numbers together into thirty pages of uh, describing an Atari Twenty Six Hundred game. So it describes how all the problems work. It describes about how it's challenging, and then it spends about a full page describing the sound that plays. After you get a problem right, despite the fact that the problem is just like, and then that's just the entire problem. So if you really like Atari 2600 games and you're about 57 years old, you might get a good kick out of Atari Flashback Volume 1 and 2. And it is an excellent collection of a lot of games. It's just make sure you know what kind of games you're getting into, and it's a lot of games that have been outdated in 2016. Sports Bar VR, PlayStation VR, it is a uh, virtual reality collection of multiple sports bar games, including skee-ball, air hockey, and others. It is a fun collection of games. They made uh, a Pool Nation VR game, I think, this studio, and it's an excellent collection of games, except for the fact that PlayStation VR has tracking issues, because it's the PlayStation VR, and this is the first game that has gotten me quite sick on PlayStation VR, so I have a hard time recommending it until an update comes out to fix it. What I also played was Trackmania Turbo VR, which is a virtual reality version of Trackmania Turbo, the uh, the really cool game that is by Ubisoft. Think of it as almost like some weird car equivalent of Trials, except it's in 3D? That, that's, that's the closest I can describe it. And you can, you can get it for about $13, $14 on Amazon right now. They released a free update that added 40 free virtual reality levels to PlayStation VR. Uh, except while Trackmania Turbo has a lot of great levels, this is 40 30 second levels because they're afraid of people getting sick. But I still got kind of sick because the tracking on this game wasn't great either. Which is the case with about half the PSVR games I, I play. But that, that's kind of a, uh, a thing against PlayStation VR itself. I also played, bought two more games that I haven't played yet. I bought Titanfall 2 today for $35 because I hear that game is excellent. And I also bought Star Fox Zero for $20, which came in the mail, and I'm very excited to play it to see if it ranks up on my Game of the Year list. We'll see. I suspect it might end up high on mine, but, well, I got a theme on my list this year, and this seems like a solid number five for it. I'm very curious what your theme is. Would it be Nintendo's Not Great 2016, perhaps? Um, I, I was thinking more of Spite. <laughs> spite against the audience? Spite against the games itself? Spite against spite the against. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, considering what number one on this list would be. Uh, which you might be about to talk about, Donald Terrio. Okay, well, the, well the, this, the game I'm going to talk about, it'll be on the podium, but probably not number one. Okay. But, but that's because of why, sort of why I'm playing it. It's Fire Emblem Fates Revelations. I finally have gotten around to, because I need to finish at least one of the big 3DS RPGs this year. Like, wrap this up completely so i'm right now i'm pairing off every character in that game except my own dot my own character's daughter because well i'm that kind of dad mm-hmm. and i'm trying to trying to interbreed the the two kingdoms in revelations together so it's a lot so i've i've got about two-thirds of the way through the story but i have stopped to do about 
15 to 20 hours of watching of building up support conversations which i'm actually enjoying because these are these are actually pretty well written supports i heard this game was way better than the other two games there there is way more to do in it and there's way more you have way more options to play with so you can have it is you know you have there's a lot more chances to have fun with it it's just the way the way i'm doing it is it's a self-induced challenge that i'm playing right now but in some ways, in, in, in the same way that uh, Conquest had the problem where it carried over only a few things from Awakening and made it feel kind of complete, incomplete, and in the same way uh, Birthright kind of felt incomplete in its own way, does Revelations feel like a more complete game than either of these games? I, I think it does, like because it, it's, it's meant to provide the wrap-up to the stories, it does help to have the background uh, at least know what happened in both games so that when you go down this third road, you you understand why it's a big deal that these two kingdoms are finally coming together against a common foe. Mm-hmm. Oh, so does, uh, does this game have some stuff that goes a little further than where uh, Conquest left off? Because I thought Conquest ended in a relatively definitive place despite some loose threads. Does it go much further with it? Yeah, it it ties up the loose threads that the uh, the first two games had left open. Okay, Alola Greninja says gameplay in Conquest is better, but Revelations feels like the canon story. I can back you up on the gameplay in Conquest being really good. I would say that if it was just the gameplay we were ranking, Conquest would be top five games of the year, maybe top three. But because of how weak the story was in Fire Emblem Conquest. It's I, I have a hard mm-hmm. time calling it a game other than slightly disappointing, if not slightly substantially disappointing. Yeah, I'm I'm I because the first time I tried to do this a few months ago, I screwed up, lost a character that I didn't intend to lose. Mm-hmm. So this is sort of a replay. I think I'm just about to the point that I will actually see how this ends. Okay, that, that's a good thing. Wh- which I'm I'm looking which I'm. I'm looking forward to, if only because it gets 150 hours of RPG off my plate. Okay, cool. That's That seems like that's everything for what we've been playing, and we're already 50 minutes deep, so so we'll go, th- go through some of this stuff as quickly as possible. There were, there was a new big update for Mitomo today that was trying to relaunch Mitomo, I think, but no one really cared of the people uh, I know. I'm, I'm sorry, Mitomo. You were, you I, were almost sorry. fun for a little while. Yeah, I had a really good month with you. <laughs> it was a solid fling. There, <laughs> there is a uh, Mitomo shaped hole in my phone's home screen. Yeah, I took it. I took it off. Um, it's it. It took up a lot of space. Yeah. It? Apparently, the update actually shrinks that by about sixty-five percent. Jesus. <laughs> uh, what what's in the update again? What, what's just just a very quick shot so we can move on to the next thing. Uh, it adds like uh, like per- private there messaging. Is private and... messages. Um, so now you can send messages to people. You can customize your room. There's some wallpaper inspired by Mario, Zelda, and Metroid. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some Breath of the Wild stuff. Um, and you can buy posters using your real money. It... Uh, there's also Style Central, where you can do awesome outfits and Mitomo and Sidekick Me characters. Mm. It, uh, it it feels and... like Breath of the Wild uh, content is the way Nintendo keeps trying to relaunch their old games. 
between this yeah. and Animal Crossing. To be fair, it's yeah. worked. Like, I have the Breath of the Wild stuff for me 3 from Mitomo. That was the last time mm. I used it. Okay. And it's also, quote-unquote, easier to use. There's, like, a new timeline that is apparently, like, a I guess better than the old one. Sure, I, I believe that. I, I feel mildly obligated to check out the update, but I just, I, I, I don't care. Okay. And I feel, I feel a little bad that I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm just saying, when I took it off my phone, I got about a gigabyte back. So yeah, that's. I don't regret any of the time I spent with Mitomo. It's just I never want to spend any time with Mitomo ever again. <laughs> well, but there's new My Nintendo challenges for it. Except they took away the good Speaking ones. Speaking of disappointing things that came to a thud, there's new My Nintendo stuff for Metroid, <laughs> which, which you can enjoy. There's there's one for Metroid Prime Trilogy, and there's one for. Uh, at least one other Metroid game. I think the Zero Mission variety. Uh, Zero yeah. Mission and the 3DS version of Super Metroid. That That's something wow. you can do, I guess. Although I wish that for something as old as Metroid Prime Trilogy that Nintendo sold for half off when it came out, I would like to think you'd be able to give that to us as at least a semi-premium download that we can earn. For like 200 gold coins like they did with uh, Donkey Kong Country. This is so upsetting the way they're treating my Nintendo. Because they keep giving discounts on a lot of games that would be so good to give away as my Nintendo rewards. A lot of games that won't see many sales anymore. Like Metroid Prime Trilogy. I'm sure that got plenty of sales when it came out. And I'm sure it does okay once in a while now. But that game has seen most of its sales. Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. No one's buying Xenoblade Chronicles 3D, and I'm almost positive it's out of print now. So that would be a great time to offer it as a download game. All these Metroid games. It's 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 a Metroid birthday, then give away these Metroid games for a fair amount of coins. But instead, Nintendo's giving 15% in a world where Best Buy Gamers Club Unlocked automatically gives you 20. It's just sad. I, I know we talked about this last week, but my Nintendo is one of the most pathetic things Nintendo may have ever done. It's it's really bad. It's not bad, it's pathetic. <laughs> they replaced Club Nintendo, a system that wasn't great but gave us stuff, like, and that's way nicer than we were talking about Club Nintendo way back then, and now my Nintendo was supposed to be the replacement. And it was presented as a sleeker Club Nintendo, and it looks like a sleeker Club Nintendo, and in a world where digital rewards cost Nintendo almost nothing, especially when it's on the right games, like um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3D and Metroid Prime Trilogy, and maybe Galaxy 1 or 2 on the Wii U eShop, or maybe uh, Rhythm Heaven Fever, which came out on the eShop today, there's a way to do this that would make it blow Club Nintendo out of the fucking water, but instead they give us this... Which, you know, you know what uh, my Nintendo feels like? It feels like a program that's still in beta. That's how bad my Nintendo feels right now. And it, it's, it's, it doesn't seem like a big thing because it's not a big thing to Nintendo's overall operation. But it's so pathetic that it makes me look on Nintendo slightly worse. I feel like Nintendo's capable of so much more. And this is atrocious. It's atrocious. That's all I have to say about my Nintendo. I just it, it every time I look at the rewards, there's there's like a little vein up here that pops just a little. But like Club Nintendo was flawed, but like I I derived enjoyment from Club Nintendo. Yeah. I have outside of Twilight Princess Picross, which I did enjoy very much, 
there's been nothing that I've cared about. Yeah. With with my Nintendo, I think mine. Yeah, I mean it's it's horrible. It's and it, it, it was supposed to. I mean, you basically said it all. It was supposed to be the salve for Club Nintendo, and it's just it's it's even more depressing. You know what? The best digital rewards Nintendo has ever done the digital deluxe program and they couldn't yeah. even give us that they couldn't give us like what we have now plus the digital deluxe program even a more limited capacity digital deluxe program it was so limited it was just 10 percent cash back for a couple years because you bought the wii u but it still gave you something it gave you something substantial that you could put back into the nintendo ecosystem and it was smart for nintendo and it was smart for us because of all the returns they make back on all anything you spend in the nintendo eShop. like that five dollars just gets you to spend more than five dollars in the nintendo eShop in almost every single case and it was an improvement over club nintendo and it almost gave us a glimpse into what the future could be especially when fizame was saying like we'll see what we do and then we launched my nintendo as the follow up to both of these things and it's like you have something that's flawed but okay then you have something that's better but more limited and then you have something that's unacceptable my nintendo is unacceptable and it's the kind of thing where there's so much so many things in nintendo that it's possible to apologize for, and it's possible to put that little twist on. Like, like okay, this isn't the best, but but there's a way, like, a Nintendo fan you could see really enjoying it. Uh, maybe slightly blindly, but to the fact that there's still something substantial here to enjoy. My Nintendo is unacceptable. And as a rewards program, I'm still giving them the benefit of the doubt that they can improve it because this can't be it forever it might go into slightly unforgivable territory. That's a little hyperbolic, slightly, 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 but that hyperbole just shows how dramatically upset I am about the way my Nintendo has been implemented in what's supposed to be a smart Nintendo ecosystem in 2016. Well, maybe if the Wii U sold better, they'd have excuses to give better rewards. You know what sold better than the Wii U? (laughs) The 3DS. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you know what's also on my Nintendo? The 3DS. And you know what's what's slightly better than the Wii U, but still unacceptable in my Nintendo support? The 3DS. If the Wii U was supported at the 3DS's level, it would still be unacceptable. I, I Nintendo has no excuse, and if I ever had the ability to just corner Fizame in an interview, and I wasn't attached to an outlet, and there was no PR in the room, and he had some obligation to answer me, even off the record, I would just ask him... What the fuck happened to my Nintendo? You are so much better than this. I wouldn't ask it in that way because I would have to ask it in a slightly unbiased, removed context. But I would have to tell him, like, hey, what's up with my Nintendo? It was supposed to be better than Club Nintendo. And there's very limited rewards. And you stopped offering new digital rewards. And I bet the statistics Nintendo has, because there's no way they don't have these statistics if they're so smart at info gathering that they can create me Tomo, they have to have the statistics of how many coins have just expired or are expiring in the next month because of people who had nothing they could spend their coins on. That number has to be staggering. I I, I didn't expect this would go in this direction, but it's just it's been like this thing that's been boiling in my heart for a while, and I just wanted to share to our very limited world. How mad I am at my Nintendo. Yeah, and, well, 
like I said, speaking of disappointing things, that at least Nintendo had the mercy to kill the Wii U this week. Yeah, thank you for transitioning to that. Uh, Very smooth. Japanese Wii U production is officially ending in Japan this week. There was a rumor that uh, Wii U support would be ending, but Nintendo of America went against that, and they said, ah, no, it's still in production. However, uh, just about a week later, Nintendo of America issued the following statement to Kotaku uh, and several other outlets. We can confirm that as of today, all Wii U hardware that will be made available in the North American market for this fiscal year has already been shipped to our retail partners. We encourage anyone who wants Wii U to communicate with their preferred retail outlet to monitor availability. What this says to me is that Nintendo has just about finished Wii U production. I think what they're saying is that right after Zelda launches, or maybe right before Zelda launches if it gets delayed again, or maybe we'll see, that they might make a few bundles here and there to support Zelda Wii U in the same way PlayStation's been doing with Vita for the last year and a half, you know, doing a, a few thousand here and there. But Nintendo of America is basically saying that for the most part, we are slowly sunsetting the Wii U. If if Zelda wasn't coming out on the Switch, I would say that. But if they're gonna if they want to move hardware off the back of Zelda, they're not doing it with the Wii U. Yeah. Fiscal year is just a very interesting term for them to use because that means through March. 2017 of course and maybe that means nothing maybe it just means there will never be another wii u again and they're just waiting until march to do that but i would be very surprised if even if it wasn't a bundle they just made a few wii u's to potentially account for some additional sales they might get from people who want to spend less money on a wii u and aren't ready to jump in on uh, uncertain launch hardware yeah, or they need it for repair purposes because, you know, there's people that bought Wii U's this year for some reason and they're going to need a, if they need a warranty replacement. But that's about the only thing I can see them producing them for at this point. Right. Yeah. Okay. That, that feels like everything we have to say about the Wii U. And then this last rumor, which is actually interesting. Well, it's this recent story was interesting too. But this rumor is interesting. Laura K. Dale, who has been providing us and the entire internet, with many rumors regarding the Nintendo Switch NX in recent months. I, I've said, I will say, that outside of Emily Rogers, and maybe taking over for Emily Rogers in a lot of ways, Laura Kate Dale has been putting out a lot of the most uh, talked about rumors in recent month or two. So, and that rumor is Smash Bros. NX, aka Smash Bros. Switch, some people are saying launch who have heard rumors about this. Some people are saying launches. Some people are saying not launch, but within it, the first few like months. It seems like it'll probably be after, after launch. launch. sounds like the more probable thing, uh, Neil says. All characters, no word on extra content, but I bet there will be a little something. That's just Alex saying that. Not Alex has heard rumors, just Alex thinking there will be a little more. And that they're holding back the Cloud and Bayonetta amiibo for this. That's part of the rumor. Corrin wasn't mentioned, which means maybe Corrin could come out in between, but I'm betting if there's a Switch uh, thing, a Switch port of Super Smash Brothers, it's probably going to be all three coming out at the same time. Yeah, that's that seems to be the most logical way to do it, just get the three of them out with the Switch version. I I mean, I've heard six months out for, for when this is coming. I think that's what Laura Kate originally mm-hmm. said, was that it would be within six months. But I mean, we heard about this even like a year ago from the Wall Street Journal who was talking to Namco Bandai saying that there is a version of Smash Brothers 
in development, more than likely a game of the year edition or whatever for the Smash Brothers for Wii U and 3DS. Yeah. Which would go on the NX as we knew it at the time. Uh, so this isn't so this has come around before, but I think the fact that now we have a time sort of have a time frame for it where it's probably gonna be sometime in the first year of the system that we can start getting ready for it and maybe just maybe Justin Berube will get his eyes clean. Sure. Back. Yeah. This is there's always a chance. There's always a chance. I, I feel like if there's one character that's going to be added, their their little nod to fans will be ice climbers. But I bet there won't be ice climbers. And there's a part of me that wouldn't be surprised because if I remember correctly, only Cloud and Bayonetta were specifically mentioned with this rumor. There's a part of me that wouldn't be surprised if no Corrin Amiibo comes out. I think that would suck. It would suck, but I but... wouldn't be surprised because. No, I... dude, those Fire Emblem Amiibo sold oh, very well. Oh, they did. Uh, specific, do you think, the... or at least they sold out? Yeah, yeah. the fact that you can and buy they, them and, now and... is shocking, quite okay. frankly. And the fact that yeah. it took a year and a half to get there, but sure. Yeah, uh, I just want to read a few comments. I'm still getting Breath of the Wild on Wii U says Chariot Goblin, and Jesse Estrada says so am I. I don't think I will buy it again for the Switch. It works fine on my Wii U, so I might stick with that. Donald also is getting it on the Wii U. So maybe there is a small audience for this game on Wii U. In fact, I can say definitively that there probably is, and that they will probably make a few more Wii U's after the launch of this game, which is probably what I think is the main reason why they're saying fiscal year. I think they'd still say fiscal year if they weren't planning on making more, but my heart tells me... They're probably going to make a few more Wii U's after Zelda comes out, and then they're going to end it at that. My one last question before we end this show is, let's say Splatoon is a port and a half. Let's say Mario Kart is a port and a half. Let's say Smash Bros. is a port and a half. How many ports is too many, even if the games didn't sell a ton of copies on Wii U compared to other consoles, not compared to Wii U? I that think, many is is the right amount. You think you think yeah, three think, is three's the most and the the right amount. I think those are the three games to carry over. What anyway. about Mario Maker? Do you think they try a Mario Maker port? Or I I I, I don't know. I they could do they could easily do a do a version of it that's optimized for the Switch, like they're doing with the 3DS in a few weeks. But I think if they have, I think those three would be fine as long as there's some other original content to go along with that so breath of the wild the mario that new mario game if it is going to be you know within the first year of the system maybe hook up with capcom and get monster hunter running who as long as long as the as long as it's just not zelda and ports i think the switch that's will be the fine. thing zelda is a port and then if skyrim does end up coming out that's also a port even if it's a simultaneous it's still a port and i think it still gets recognized as a port maybe, by a lot maybe of we should maybe we should wait till january 12th to start wondering what's coming out on it's the switch. we it's we will but always this, the speculation <laughs> stuff is always slightly fun too i'm just i mean i'm just saying that like all we have to go on is what we've seen in that video and that video didn't show a right. hell of a lot that was new outside of Mario. This isn't me saying Nintendo Switch is going to be the port machine. This is just me posing the question, how many ports, regardless of whether it's just the Wii U or just ports overall, until Switch gets the reputation of being a port machine? 
And and it's well, it's, it's a problem it's, that the other consoles have been slightly plagued with too. Granted, PS4 still sold I, but, so many. But years. I don't. But that, that's the thing is, I saw a lot of people like making fun of Nintendo fans for like complaining about all the ports the first year PS4 or whatever, and then like celebrating the ports on the Switch. And I just like that's kind of where we're at with games right now. They cost so much damn money to make that people are thinking of how to how to leverage more out of them. And I I don't blame. Sony and Microsoft and other third parties and doing these like these remasters and and ports to to their new consoles from the previous generation because people people buy them and they're it's kind of like a low cost way to get a new game out. I'm and like look, look at look at the Wii U with Wind Waker HD, Twilight Princess. Yeah. Or and 2K has made Zero. so has you know, made so much money. Yeah, I mean, 2K has made bucket loads of money off remakes. I mean, or porting games from the la- from the last generation. Grand Theft Auto Five still sells millions of copies. Although I don't think the Handsome Collection did that well. Or, and they just and in their last financial call, they said that they were pleased with Bioshock Collection sales too. Yeah, which for two good games in Bioshock Infinite, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, and like that's the thing. I don't, I don't really. As long as the, at least let's just focus on Nintendo's output yeah. here. As long as Nintendo's original output is solid for year one, who cares if there's a couple ports? Like that's yeah. not, like it's not like those are bad games. It, and the and if you're looking at it for ports, even for just Nintendo stuff, the fact that these experiences are now portable as well as on the TV, that's something new that differentiates. I think Switch ports from the HD, you know, remasters we saw on the other systems, or are seeing on the other systems for the last three years. I think you're right. I, I just thought it would be an interesting question to pose, since we're hearing uh, port this, port that, not sequel, slightly closer to port, but still substantial, yada yada yada. The only prediction I had for this, since you were, since you mentioned how, uh, how expensive games are getting to make, and th- this will be the last point I, I have before we, we certainly end this uh, one hour, ten minute show, is that I think the Nintendo Switch will be the last wholly new home console to release games at $60, and then I think we go to $70 video games. I, I think that probably makes sense. I mean, that's kind of what a lot of companies are doing with these it's special It's Deluxe Editions at 69 the... Call of yeah. Duty Infinite Warfare with uh, Modern Warfare at 80 And The funny thing is, I wouldn't be surprised if... I mean... Nintendo's been doing it for a while, and I, I think it's smart for companies to do this. Like, uh, Microsoft with ReCore, while I think that there were other messaging issues with ReCore, um, but, like, having that come out at $39.99 instead of $59.99 was, was good. And Nintendo's been doing that where there will be games that will come, Captain like, Toad. Yoshi's Woolly World was 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, Captain and, Toad or, was 40 And, well, Woolly World was 60 with an Amiibo, sure. and now it's ah, okay, down okay. to... And yeah. now it's down to forty, I think, with the amiibo as well. Yeah. Okay. I guess I thought that that like yeah, I forgot that it was sixty with an amiibo. That's kind of what they do. But like then you could buy it on the eShop, I think, for fifty. Sure. Yeah. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. This has been a uh, a very substantial show. Patreon.com/slash/nwr support this site. Uh, help us make Nintendo World Report an even better site. Keep us going. We love you all, but we also love you if you support the Patreon. We got a new Patreon podcast that just recently came out, did it not, Neil? I need okay, to it's up. coming up soon. But, like, you can watch the YouTube of it if you're a patron. Okay. 
But uh, support the Patreon, patreon.com slash NWR. We have all kinds of content going up on the site. Uh, we have this podcast on iTunes. It is now fully launched. You can go to iTunes and look up uh, Nintendo News Report. We're also starting the numbering over again. So last week, episode 100 also became episode 1 of the new audio version. We're going to be editing it every week. We're going to have theme music. It's going to be cool. And it's going to happen every single week, same as before. Except now you will have the option to listen to an audio version. Now, as for timing, uh, my plan is within two days of when we do this initially, I would like to have every episode up. Now, that is not a a hard promise, but I keep it in the back of my mind as the person editing the show. If we have a timely news show, we either need to have it within 24 hours or depending on if it's a show like this, within 48 hours might be slightly acceptable. And then, for the foreseeable future, probably as long as the show is still around, there will still be the live video version of this show. But... We now exist on iTunes, and you can now subscribe to us on iTunes. We got this cool CNN-like logo and everything. We are on iTunes. Thank you very much. You can find Neil on Twitter at Enron10, N-R-O-N, number 10. You can find Donald Terrio on Twitter at Donald Mick. That is D-O-N-A-L-D-M-I-C-K. And you can also find me on Twitter at Kulafia. That is C-U-L-A-F-I-A. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.